going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and first and foremost, my apologies. Uh, we are going into week four in the NFL within the NFC West, and uh, I didn't really talk too much about week three and, and recapping it. It was uh, you know, one hell of a time in which you have the Niners at 3-0, and the Seahawks at 2-1, and the Rams at 1-2, and and the Cardinals at 1-2. and uh, but more importantly, I usually give my thoughts about week three. Uh, I certainly can, but you know, I'm recording this on, on Friday nights as we headed to NFL Sunday week four. So it's you know, I'm going to talk about it briefly, but more so than anything, I do want to talk about the week four games at hand in the NFC West. And uh, you know, for those that you know do follow the podcast consistently, you know, um, my bad about that. Earlier this week, I had some other personal. Um, personal things that I had to address and so I usually do the pod like around Tuesday with either KMO or T-Up but that did not come to fruition so um, hopefully I don't have any more personal things but uh, you know mental health and everything else um, yeah I'll I'll be okay but uh, I'll try to be consistent moving forward so anyways let's just go ahead I'll briefly talk about you know the NFC well the NFC after three weeks and we can go on to the matchups for week four How's about that? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, like, going back to it, it feels like an eternity. But, you know, last Thursday, September 21st, you had the Niners host their first home game against the Giants. And turns out that, hey, your boy was in attendance at Levi Stadium. And, you know, it had a bit of a, it could have been a trap game sort of vibe. Uh, You know, Danny Dimes. Uh, a running quarterback, no Saquon Barkley, but you know if the Niners were to like allow this to to overlook their opponents, um, Thursday can always be kind of weird too, and especially since the Niners are coming off uh, you know a pretty gnarly victory against the Rams that you know any given Sunday, right? But the good thing about the Niners was they they pretty much. Took care of business. The Giants, they needed to run the ball. They hardly ran the ball because they were down behind early. Um, Danny Dimes, I think he had one quarterback run, designed run, but you didn't really have to worry about his legs. Uh, but more importantly, it was more so on Purdy handling, I, I kid you not, I think the next-gen stats had the Giants blitzing Purdy on, I think, 87% of his passing plays when he dropped back which is ridiculous i think that's the highest it has to be the highest this season but they brought the pressure Purdy at first was rather shaky the first drive but after that uh you know his first career 300 yard passing game in the regular season he did it in the, in the postseason last year against the seahawks but first 300 game he had two touchdowns. Both his touchdowns were on the blitz, on a zero blitz. He threw it up to Ronnie Bell, threw it up to Devo Samuel, and they were able to put another 30 points on the board. 30-12 Niners. Awesome job. Uh, as we go on to what happened on week three, uh, well, Panthers-Seahawks. Seahawks, baby, they're putting up some points. 37 points. 37 to 27, you know, mind you, the Panthers did not have 
first overall pick, Bryce Young under center. He was hurt, but they had the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, and it, it was a fun game. Uh, Andy Dalton had 361 yards passing, uh, two touchdowns, but I think a lot of it was because they were behind pretty much all throughout the game. The Seahawks were, in, you know, they were in control for a good portion of the game, so they had to pass early, 361 yards. He had 58 passing attempts. Red Rocket had 58, 34 for 58, right? But the Seahawks, what I liked about the Seahawks is Geno Smith, after coming off a pretty lame game, um, you know, uh, against the Rams, has a has a bounce-back game against the Lions, and now he's rolling against the Panthers. And so he was 296, 23 for 36. Um, you know, really strong outing from DK Metcalf. Six catches, 112 yards. But I think the biggest takeaway from this is it was really cool to see Kenneth Walker III um, really ascend himself. I, I think right now, if you're talking about fantasy football, you're looking at an RB1 sort of tier where he was an RB2 uh, kind of on the back burner with some concerns about uh, Chardonnay from UCLA, the second-round pick. But this has been Kenneth Walker's uh, – it's been his backfield – he had 18 carries for 97 yards, two touchdowns, but even more so than anything, it's nice to see him make moves as a receiver, three catches for 59 yards. And, you know, it was uh, it's a 10-point game, but for the Seahawks to put up 37 points at home, 37-27, it was really a game that was, I mean, it was kind of close at the end. You know, the Panthers got 14 points in the fourth quarter, um, but... I think it was more more so on the back door. Like, the Seahawks got it done. So 37-27, awesome job to the Seahawks. Onwards we go. Um, the biggest... Oh, my God. This is really cool because fuck the Cowboys. I'll say it again. Fuck the Cowboys. I'll say fuck the Cowboys. But the Cowboys played the Cardinals, and this was a game, if you were playing Survivor Pool, I think, like, I don't know, 40% of people had the Cowboys over the Cardinals in Survivor Pool, Right? Right, uh, but the Cardinals from the get-go at Arizona, their first three games they were oh you know I'm not saying zero and three. Uh, their first two games they lost in the fourth quarter. They were leading up until the fourth quarter. They blew it against the the Commanders. They blew it against the Giants. But this time around, the Cardinals took control of this game early. They ran the ball. They controlled time of possession they played their brand of football uh shout out to head coach sean gannon because this defense was tough this was tough a tough defense against Dak prescott against this uh this passing offense they didn't do much honestly Dak prescott if you look at it he was 25 for 40 250 one touchdown but one costly interception in the red zone costly interception um you know this was a game where Joshua Dobbs shoots, I mean, once again, 17 for 21, a paltry 189, but uh, he had one stellar 44-yard run. Uh, This rushing offense averaged, I don't know, like, what, seven yards a carry? Um, They just played good, mistake-free, ball-dominant, physical, carnal, bird's nest football. And I think that overall... um, it's just nice to see the Cardinals not only surprise teams because, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm certainly surprised that they beat the Cowboys, but to show that under the new regime that 
their brand of football under John Gannon, former defensive coordinator for the Eagles, that this is something that hopefully he can continue to move forward because, you know, it's only week three, but this was his first career win as a head coach for the Cardinals. This was Joshua Dobbs' first win as the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. And for this franchise and for this new regime, taking a step forward and being a big dog like the Cowboys means huge dividends for this franchise moving forward. Now, I know that they're still projected to be a 3-5 to five win team, um, but I, I get, you know, the Giants, they were up, they lost, but then you can have a moral victory because they played it tough. Same thing with the Commanders, and so you're seeing it all come together in the third game. You you want this team to finish this year where they can presumably have a high draft pick to continue to build with a new regime. You can also have Kyler Murray come back, and you can evaluate him in the second half of the season just to know what you have in him, whether you decide to go with another quarterback for next year or to keep Kyler Murray, but at least you'll know definitively what you have with Kyler Murray. <clears throat> but you just want this team to have winning culture, to have a, a tough defense, to have players that believe in the new regime. And with a win like this, um, you know, I'm not saying that they could, this could happen every week because they're playing the Niners this upcoming week, but if they can play tough football and make it a tough out every week, in and out, I think that would be a great start for John Gannon and company. So congratulations, Cardinals. 28 to 16. Just good stuff. Uh, last but not least, uh, Monday Night Football. It was a doubleheader for Monday Night Football. It was a little bit wonky. The Rams at the Bengals. The Bengals wearing some pretty cool jerseys. I, I love those alternate white jerseys. Uh, the white helmet with the white jerseys. But talking about the NFC West, the Rams, they, they had their moments. Um, shoot, I mean... Burrow wasn't all that great. He's not that mobile. He was kind of iffy going into it with a, with a calf injury. Uh, but I thought they just let it get away from them. Um, Matthew Stafford, 18 for 33, 269 yards passing. One pick, but two shitty interceptions. Ugh. Two picks. Uh, and they, they hardly ran the ball, too, which is not what you want, uh, especially since Sean McVay has been on record saying that, hey, this year is different. We're going to really try to help Stafford coming off an injury. We're going to try to run the ball and control the clock and have a more balanced attack. But uh, Kyrion Williams only had 10 carries, 38 yards. Um, Buka was cool, five catches for 72. Tyler Higby, five catches for 71. T2 Atwell at the very end had a touchdown. But, I mean, the Bengals, like, uh, um. It wasn't the Bengals' best performance, but at the same time, too, this Rams defense isn't quite there yet, obviously. Uh, They have a ton of rookies, and they're also retooling or rebuilding themselves. I know that they played really close against the Niners, but, um, man, Jamar Chase, 12 catches, 141 yards. Uh, Joan Mixon, running back, 19 carries for 65 yards, a touchdown, like, yeah, I mean, this Bengals-Rams game, game, it could have gone e- either way. Um, 16-19 final score. I felt that there was one point, I think it was six minutes in the fourth at the Rams 30. They were, it was fourth down. They punted. I felt that they should have went for it. Um, 
they were down two possessions, like, I don't know. It's just um, going back to clock management, too. I felt like McVeigh has been a little a little weird with his timeout usage, too, and just um, they should have gone for it. 16-19, it was a close game. The Bengals definitely weren't 100%. And the Rams, I really thought that they had a, a good chance of pulling the upset on Monday Night Football against a, a hurt Joe Burrow. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the pass rush was there, but just not not enough to to make them pay. So 16-19 Bengals, GG, and that's where we are in the NFC West. So just to recap, you have Niners 3-0. You have, let me go back to it, um, Seahawks 2-1, and one, Rams 1-2, one and, and Cardinals 1-2. and two. So onwards, let's go ahead and talk about week four in the NFL, uh, more notably the NFC West. Okay, so week four, here we go, here we go. So 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Interesting game. Rams go to Indy, so Rams at Colts. Uh, spread is close. Uh, it's pretty much a pick 'em. Colts are favored by one point, uh, over under forty six and a half. And so this is a Rams team that you know they they play tough. They they're competitive. You know they're not a bad team. They're, it's not like they're they're punting or anything like that. Uh, they Sean McVay and the staff and and especially the, these young young Rams have shown that they have the talent to uh, make it a tough out for any team. But uh, they get an interesting. Uh, quarterback to defend in Anthony Richardson. This year's number three quarterback pick out of Florida. He didn't play last week because of a concussion, but he is playing this week. And up to this point, the Rams have not had to deal with a mobile quarterback. Brock Purdy, Geno, well, Geno Smith is kind of mobile. Um, Joe Burrow, but he's, yeah, he's, he's not mobile. He, he was hurt. So you get a true dual-threat quarterback in Anthony Richardson. And he's a wild card because mad talented. He's a rookie, super raw. Uh, his last game in week two, he had two rushing touchdowns before he, he got hurt with a concussion and left the game. But this Rams front seven, they're not a fast, athletic front seven of a pass rush. Their linebackers, are uh, they can be had. And so I... I have a problem or just trying to grasp on how the Rams are going to contain Anthony Richardson just because um, they haven't done it all season. Uh, This will be their first big challenge against a dual-threat quarterback like Richardson. Um, So I just, you know, are they going to be blitz-heavy? Are they going to try to contain it? I, I don't know. I don't know what their game plan is because they don't really have the talent to have a ferocious pass rush in that sense, so I guess they might blitz heavy. Um, but we just haven't seen enough of Anthony Richardson because you've seen some great things out of him, uh, but he always gets hurt. Like, his first two games, he's left the game with injuries, right? He didn't play week three, so now he plays week four. So what are you going to get out of the kid? Okay. Um, this Rams defense, it's... Um, yeah, I don't say bend, don't break. I mean, they're They're good. They're good in spurts, but um, with this particular offense, now they don't have Jonathan Taylor, but Zach Moss is coming off a pretty damn good game. I think he had like 19 carries, 130 yards last last week. Let me, I can double check that. Um, where do you go? Uh, 
I mean, the Colts are coming off uh, an upset victory at Baltimore um, against the Ravens. Shoot, Zach Moss had 30 carries for 122 yards. Holy shit. Wow. Wow. Okay. Anyways, um, so going back to it, you're looking at a Colts rushing attack, whether it's Anthony Richardson, Zach Moss. Interesting to see how the Rams are going to do because, like I mentioned before, um, this front seven, this run defense can be can be had. So what are they going to do? What are they going to do to pressure this rookie quarterback? Um, that remains to be seen. But, you know, on the flip side, I feel good about this uh, Matthew Stafford-led offense. They just need to learn how to, I don't know, commit to the run, have a more balanced attack. Can you please run the ball to cut Karrion Williams? Please. Last week he had 10 carries. Um, yeah, just please keep Stafford afloat. You do not want to have him pass the ball like 60 times. Like The Colts are going to run the ball. No doubt they are, uh, but the Rams also need to protect their quarterback as well. Uh, two different styles of quarterback, obviously, with Stafford and, and Richardson. But, you know, if the Rams are going to be, or if Stafford's going to be healthy all, all season, you need to have a more balanced attack. And, you know, from the looks of it, whether it's Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, Tyler Higby, who just got a, a two-year extension on his contract. Congratulations, Tyler Higby. Uh, you know, they, they have some weapons. They have some weapons, and I think it shows through three weeks of the season that, you know, for a team that does not have Cooper Cup, that they have more than enough weapons to make this offense go. And there's no more Cam Akers. He got traded to the Vikings. It's Kieran Williams, and, you know, personally for me, I don't know if he can really be a true number one back. I always thought he was kind of a third down receiving back, you know, coming out of college. That's why he was a mid-round pick. But uh, what do I know? Um, well, use him like a number one running back. Give him some more carries. Like, really challenge this Colts front seven because, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this Colts defense isn't that good either. Uh, but I'm just more scared about Anthony Richardson against this Rams defense. So um, hopefully there's no big plays. They just got to... I've been harping on this time and time again, but they just need to have more of a balanced approach against this Colts defense. So, uh, all in all, I mean, what would I put this game? It's it's a close one. Um, Colts minus one. I'll give it to... It sucks to say. Um, I think the Rebs can certainly pull one off, especially on the road, but um, unless they can find a way to... Have an answer for Anthony Richardson. I, I think it's going to be going in favor of the Colts. So give me 24, 24, 7, uh, 24, 24-20. 24-20 Colts, and this is a game where um, this defense is going to have fits with Anthony Richardson. I've been saying this a million times now that I think about it, but I think that's going to be the X factor. So 24-20 Colts, final score. Put it on the board. Onwards, the NFC West game of the week, 1.25 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You have the Cardinals, the Cardinals that I've been really harping on. Tough motherfuckers. One and two, but they seem like they could easily be three and no if they had actually finished out games like they're supposed to. But then again, they're a young team. They're rebuilding. I get it. You know, I'm not going to be too hard on John Gannon. He surprised a lot of us, but 
This is a tough Cardinals team, one and two. Uh, big underdogs against the Niners because the Niners have the biggest point spread uh, the whole Sunday. They are favored by 14 points. They are favored by 14 points. That is two touchdowns over under 43 and a half. And rightfully so. I mean, the Niners, they have, well, they've scored, thir- they are averaging 30 points, exactly 30 points a game because the last three weeks they've scored 30 points. The Cardinals, for that matter, have a hard time you know, with their offense, of course. I mean, I can understand that, especially with Joshua Dobbs and this ascending set of players. But, um, you know, it's this defense that is going to be very interesting to see because this Cardinals team, they're, they're a stout defense. They were, they were, a- they were able to rush the passer. Um, but their run defense is, is okay. I think they're like, Second half tier, like you know, they're in like the 20, 25, 26-ish range for for rush defense. They go up against a Niners rushing offense that is, you know, I don't need to tell you twice about CMC and and what they do running the football with Debo Samuel and whatnot. Uh, so that's going to be a great test for this Cardinals team, uh, more so than anything. I think it's going to be a, a big test for John Gannon, who technically, you know, he had the upper hand against the Niners. Last year in the NFC Championship when he was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. I'm sure that the Niners haven't forgotten that. But this should be very interesting to see what John Gannon's going to do with this Cardinals team now that he's the head coach. And, you know, he had answers for the Niners la- last time they played with the Eagles, obviously. And so, you know, what does he have up his sleeves this time around? Uh, on the other side, too, you know, for the Niners, they're favored by 14. I think that the Cardinals did... The Niners are favored by beating the Cowboys last week because, you know, I kind of saw this as a, as a potential trap game, even though I said the Niners had a trap game against the Giants. But this one was more especially a trap game when you considered that the following week, the Niners are playing the Dallas Cowboys in week five. OK, and so if you're the Niners, you're like, yeah, we're, we're playing the Cardinals. They suck. We can move forward mentally for the next game. But no, the Cardinals surprised everyone. They beat the Cowboys. And so. You know, uh, for our, for everyone, like, I know they're not going to say it aloud, but, like, the Niners could easily just say, like, fuck them, like, we don't have to worry about this game. We can focus on the next game at hand. But this is a divisional game. This is a game where the Cardinals are proving that they're going to be a, a tougher team than expected. <coughs> so if I'm the Niners, I better get my shit right. And from what I understand right now, Brandon Ayuk is healthy, but... Debo has been dealing with ribs, bruised ribs, uh, a knee. Um, Jawan Jennings is out. I mean, you know, they're, they're coming in a, l- a little better themselves. And so what I anticipate is the Cardinals are going to be the first, I won't say real test, but yeah, it's going to be the first real test against this Niners defense because the difference between the Giants and the Rams and the Steelers is all three opponents up to this point abandoned the run they got down behind and they abandoned the run this cardinals team if they're gonna have any chance of winning this game it's gonna be i mean it sounds so cheesy but the cardinals need to establish the run establish the run right uh i I referenced the niners when they played at atlanta when they played the falcons and the falcons defeated them i think it was like week four week five right around that time last season but 
uh, the Niners were heavily favored, and they lost that game because, you know, Marcus Mariota, for all intents and purposes, is a shitty quarterback or not starting caliber. Obviously, he's a backup right now, if, if that says anything. But, you know, he's not a good quarterback, but this Falcons team defeated the Niners because they ran the football, they dominated the time of possession, they picked up first downs on short and third, manageable third down situations, and they played keep away from this Niners offense. And the Niners offense made a couple shitty turnovers, and that was pretty much the game. Like, it was really frustrating to watch. And that is exactly what the Cardinals need to do, too. Play keep away, establish the run, run the football, 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 and score some points, right? Um, Right now, I think the Cardinals rushing offense, I think, are ranked third in the NFL, which is crazy to think. But, you know, with James Conner, I think he's averaging like five yards per carry. And also a athletic Joshua Dobbs. This is going to be a big test for the Snyder's rush defense because they have not been tested so far this season. Now, I thought that Daniel Jones with the Giants the previous week was going to be that test, uh, especially in RPO situations, but that did not happen. So that goes back to week four because the Cardinals, for them to win, they're going to have to run the football. And so what is this Niners front seven? Uh, that should be really fun, but I don't know, man. Um, 14 points is a lot. What can the Cardinals really do it? I mean, well, they beat the Cowboys before, right? You know, you saw Rondell Moore, even he, he was featured as a runner. He had like three carries for 40 yards. Uh, Joshua Dobbs, you know, he did just enough. This might be his biggest game now because uh, he's coming off a triumphant win against the Cowboys. And so everyone wants to see what he can do as a dual threat quarterback. Um, At the same time, too, it was interesting to note that Bosa on pregame interview, he had mentioned that, hey, Joshua Dobbs never really slides as a running quarterback. And then I think Dre Greenlaw said something along the lines of, you know, everyone thinks they're a running back until they play us, the Niners. So I'm sure that the Niners defense, they're a prideful group. They're going to be licking their chops at the opportunity to see what they can do against Joshua Dobbs and this rushing offense. So we'll see. Um, I don't need to tell you that the Niners on paper are a much talented team than the Cardinals. Uh, but at the same time, too, you know, can this Cardinals team... Surprise again? Certainly possible. Um, personally, I don't see it happening, and you can call me a homer or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, this nice team, up to this point, Brock Purdy, up to this point, they've been playing very clean football. They've been executing at a very high level. So unless penalties or turnovers or, you know, something else wonky happens, uh, I just can't imagine this this outcome being otherwise. So give me the Niners... They've been averaging 30 points, so I'll keep it at 30. So the Niners went 30 to um, 30 to 17, 30 to 20, something along those lines. But they don't cover the spread at 14 because 14 is a lot of points. It's divisional, uh, but I think that the Niners do win by two possessions. So give me 30 Niners, Cardinals 20.
Last but not least, let's go to Monday Night Football. Seahawks at New York Jets. And this is a, a Jets team that has been having a pretty, pretty shitty season. So they, well, they got embarrassed to the Niners, but not as embarrassing as their week one Sunday Night Football embarrassment to the Cowboys losing 40 to 0. Uh, but all the while, you know, they were down like what twenty-one to zero halftime against the Cardinals, and they found a way to win in week three. I'm sorry, week two. So, um, you know, they're going to be at home. It's Monday Night Football. They have some. They have some pride. And from what I understand, Saquon Barkley should be back, which should help because you know, for the Giants, they hardly use Andy Dimes as a runner. And now that you have a legitimate running back in Saquon Barkley, like now things are starting to come along. You just want the pieces to, to come together. And obviously Saquon Barkley is such a big part of this offense. Losing him, especially against the Niners the previous week, really fucked up their chances to have any sort of competitiveness um, against a team like the Niners. But against the Seahawks, if you have Saquon and you're able to be at home, like, you know, I, I like their chances a lot more. And... The Seahawks, they're, they're coming off a triumphant win at home against the Panthers, but um, I really do question the Seahawks' uh, ability to rush the passer because it's been so inconsistent this season. So against a Saquon, a Danny Dimes, like, should they, are they able to contain? I guess we'll find out, but either way, I'm going to be really intrigued about Monday Night Football because the Prez, the president, Jamal Adams, yeah, you remember him. He's being paid, I don't know, like $17 million annually. One of the highest paid safeties, he has been dealing with a, he was dealing with a really bad, bad leg injury um, last year. And there were rumors that he was considering retirement because of his leg injury. Good news, he's back. He's making his season debut on Monday Night Football against the Giants. And I'm so happy to see him back. And uh, between Quandre Diggs and Julian Love, they've been good, but they've been missing a little something-something. Julian Love, he's a fourth-round pick, ironically, from the Giants. Um, he's had moments, but, you know, um, he's not Jamal Adams, right? So how they integrate him. Are they going to use Jamal Adams in dime packages? Are they going to use him in, you know, subsets? Or are they going to feature him more on, on the base packages and have Julian Love slide over uh, coming off the bench. We'll find out. I mean, I know this is his first game, so maybe they, they ease him in. Uh, the biggest thing is, you know, can Jamal Adams improve this pass rush? Because let's be honest, I mean, they, they use him a lot of times very close to the line as a linebacker. Um, so what is the impact of Jamal Adams in his first game back since coming off that leg injury? Uh, I don't know, uh, and I hope for the Seahawks' sake that he can play a little bit of coverage too because that hasn't been his strong suit in, in recent years, but uh, they're going to need him. And, you know, for this offense, Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Kenneth Walker III, like, you know, they, they have a great core to really build around. Um, just concerned, going back to... To them, is their offensive line. Their tackles, they've been hurt. They've been kind of shuffling around. Giants pass rush said it about last week. They blitz Purdy 87% of the time. I don't know if they're going to blitz Geno Smith as much, but 
these Giants love to be aggressive. So what sort of game plan do the Giants have for Geno Smith? Um, are they going to bring in the house like they did against the Niners? I guess we'll find out. Um, it's a much... I won't say it's a much better offense, but, you know, Geno Smith is certainly a seasoned veteran. Uh, will that, will he be ready for it? Because I I would imagine that the Giants are going to be pretty blitz-heavy too. So, I don't know, man. The Giants, Monday Night Football, they've been playing some bad football. They're a prideful group too. Danny Dimes, Saquon Barkley. You already know. Um, can the Seahawks, well, the Seahawks are, let me, I didn't even, Talk about the line. Seahawks are favored by two, over under 47 and a half. Ugh, this is a tough one. Shit. Well, you know, I, I think that the Seahawks offense is certainly way better than the Giants. Uh, the Giants are at home. No, no, Giants suck. Here, I will stick with the Seahawks. Uh, give me the Seahawks. 27. Uh... 27, Giants 21. The Giants, I mean, you know, obviously the Giants beat the Vikings last year in, in the postseason, and Danny Dimes got paid for it, but I have not seen the Giants ascend offensively all season long. And if there was a time to do it, they would do it now at home on Monday Night Football for Week 4. But I just haven't seen it yet, and who knows how healthy Saquon Barkley is going to be. If there was ever a time, now would be the time. But I, I haven't seen it yet. So, yeah. Seahawks 27, Giants 21. Book it. Put it on the board. All right, guys. So, appreciate everyone's time. I can't believe that we were already uh, four weeks into the season, which is about a month's time. And for everyone that's aware of football, you know, there are 18 weeks in the season. There are 17 games per team. And typically speaking... Offenses take some time to gel, to play football, to figure out their offensive line, to figure out who's doing what. And even for the teams, for all the power rankings that you see, um, it is only four weeks into the season. So, you know, you can start 4-0, and but, you know, it's how you finish. It's how you finish. But I'm excited to see what happens in the NFC West for week four. That will be one month of football in the books and then we can evaluate from there and make our shitty power rankings and figure it out. But there's still so much football to be had. You just hope that the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals, they can stay healthy and make their mark on the league. So once again, hey, appreciate your time, whether you're checking me out on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon, Google, all over the place. Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Till next time, we out here. Peace.